my name is Dr. James Rudd. I'm the Digital Media Editor at Heart, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Dr. Atul Anand from the University of Edinburgh. Atul, many thanks for joining us on this episode of the Heart Podcast. Thanks for having me. Atul, perhaps we could start by, uh, if you could introduce yourself for the Heart audience. Hi, so I'm a Clinical Research Fellow at the University of Edinburgh. I'm currently undertaking a PhD supervised by Professor uh, Nick Mills, um, looking at aortic stenosis and biomarkers of progression. And you've recently published a fascinating paper, an original research paper in heart, which is called Cardiac Myosin Binding Protein C, a marker of myocardial injury and fibrosis in aortic stenosis. Uh, Atul, could you tell us a little bit about the background to the use of circulating biomarkers in aortic stenosis? Most of most of us will be familiar with echocardiography and perhaps cardiac MR, but soluble biomarkers is something new. Is that right? Yes. So, uh, so we looked at cardiac myosin binding protein C, or MYCE for short, um, and as you say, it's a it's a sarcomeric protein that's released into the the blood, similar to cardiac troponin, um, as a marker of myocardial injury. Um, so what we know about aortic stenosis is that the response of the myocardium to aortic stenosis in the individual is actually quite variable. So the progression from hypertrophy through to decompensated heart failure can often be quite unpredictable. But what we do know is that the process appears to be driven by both myocyte cell death and myocardial fibrosis. So it's quite attractive to think that a, a marker of myocardial injury, such as MYC or cardiac troponin, released into the bloodstream could measure progression in an, in an individual patient to see how they are um, moving towards decompensation. Okay, and you, your group and others have previously published on the use of high-sensitivity troponin I in this respect, but this is a, a different protein, is that correct? That's right, yeah. So similar to cardiac troponin, MYC is a sarcomeric protein, but what's interesting is that it's, uh, it's much more abundant um, and some of the earlier work that's been done looking at uh, myocardial infarction suggests that MYC is released into the bloodstream quicker um, following an acute insult and is actually cleared quicker as well. So it's a potentially more dynamic marker than cardiac troponin. And also because it's far more abundant, when you're looking at these very low concentrations that are well below the, the sorts of levels that we would consider um, the diagnosis of myocardial infarction to take place at, having a greater abundance gives you a, a higher dynamic range. It gives you more of a spread with which to potentially grade patients as low or high levels of the marker. Okay. And what did you hypothesize in this particular piece of research? So we thought that because mycin binding protein C was a, a marker of myocardial injury similar to troponin, we thought that it would be associated with markers of disease progression on cardiac MR. So we looked at left ventricular mass um, as a marker of hypertrophy, and we also looked at markers of fibrosis, such as late gadolinium enhancement. And we also had access, actually, to a long-term follow-up cohort where we had outcomes 11 years after sampling, and we hypothesized that MYCE might predict outcomes um, that far out as well. Okay, and it was a, a parallel group study, wasn't it? You, you hinted there at a couple of different cohorts you enrolled. Can you talk about the kind of patients you enrolled into the study? That's right. So these were two existing cohorts that had been um, recruited here in Edinburgh. So 
And the first of those was led by Calvin Chin and, Calvin Chin and Mark Tweck, who are co-authors on the paper. And that was looking at uh, 161 patients with aortic stenosis and 46 healthy controls. And these patients all had um, extensive uh, cardiac MR imaging. And the, the other cohort was an outcomes cohort where we looked at patients um, in the Saltire trial. This was a study that recruited um, 15 years ago now, which was a randomized control trial looking at whether statins could alter the progression of aortic stenosis. And we use these patients to look at longer term outcomes. So you went back to that original uh, blood sample, I guess, from 2001 and, and, That's measured, right. and measured the protein of interest in it. Okay. And then you already knew, presumably, the outcomes of those patients. Exactly, yes. Okay. And what did you find, Dettel? So my C concentrations were very well associated with left ventricular mass and also with fibrosis, and that relationship held true even after adjustment for the severity of the valve disease using um, echo measures such as AV max and also other potential confounders like age, sex, renal function, and um, coronary disease. And so those are really the, the main findings from the, the mechanism cohort in the outcomes cohort, we found there was a relationship between MYCE and all-cause mortality um, at 11 years of follow-up after adjustment for um, the, those patients who had undergo, under, actually undergone aortic valve replacement. That was a relatively small analysis, and it's, it's quite exploratory, um, and actually we, we lost significance when we added in further adjustments. So that, that relationship probably requires further validation in, in additional cohorts. Okay. And how do you see uh, the use of this biomarker fitting into to future practice? So at the moment, when we look at guidelines, they're really um, emphasizing that symptoms um, should be used to guide decompensation and, and the um, the assessment of decompensation and the potential referral for surgery. But we know that lots of patients, it's actually quite difficult to determine symptoms in patients with comorbidity and chronic disease. And Procedures such as stress testing is not, is not always really feasible. So these markers such as troponin or MYC are potentially attractive because they're objective and if they could be measured serially and suggested that an individual patient these levels were rising, that could suggest that they are experiencing the earlier forms of decompensation such as hypertrophy and fibrosis and they would perhaps benefit from either more detailed imaging um, or consideration for surgery. And is this uh, study, are, are you planning more studies? Do you have ongoing work or are there others around the world that are exploring uh, this biomarker as well? Uh, that's right. So the, the my, my CSA has been um, recently published uh, in a large cohort um, looking at myocardial infarction. Here in Edinburgh, we are recruiting prospectively patients with severe otoxenosis and measuring their biomarkers serially to see if, if this does predict um, decompensation earlier than symptoms or, or traditional approaches with echocardiography. Um, so yes, we, we are taking this on and, and seeing if we can show its use in clinical settings. Is it the same sort of story as, as the high sensitivity troponin I assay where you tend to get the, uh, the protein present in almost everybody that you test? Or is this something that you think you only see when there has been significant myocardial damage or hypertrophy? Well, actually, interestingly, MYCE, um, as I said, it's much more abundant than troponin. And, and we had a control cohort here who didn't have significant valve disease or coronary disease. And MYCE were detectable above the limit of detection of the, of the blood test in all patients 
where high sensitivity troponin was only actually detectable in about two thirds. So it, it certainly looks like it meets the criteria for a high sensitivity assay. And using the um, using the technique that's been developed by Professor Marva's group uh, from King's in London, it seems that it will be a highly sensitive marker of myocardial injury. But if it's present in healthy people uh, without aortic stenosis, where do you think it's? Uh, what what's the significance of it? So I think similar to cardiac troponin, the, 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 there will be a, a large number of people who will have detectable levels, and what will probably be of most use in the clinic will be serial testing. So change an individual patient rather than considering a particular threshold level. Um, we, in the paper, we did look at um, late, late gadolinium enhancement as a marker of fibrosis. showed there was a relationship um, with rising um, MyC levels and an increased predicted probability of having late GAD enhancement. But for an individual patient with a single measure, it will probably be quite hard to say that that is a specific threshold for fibrosis. So I think the, the greater use in the future is going to be with serial testing at, at clinic appointments. And if there's a significant change, then that would suggest that the, um, the myocardium has perhaps changed as well. I see. OK, so that may, may be something you do alongside ECHO or even instead of ECHO in the future if prospective studies show that it's more valuable. Exactly. And it could be used as a way of, um, of streamlining patients to either further uh, imaging such as ECHO or even cardiac MR because these processes are actually quite expensive compared to a potentially simple blood test. Fantastic. Anything else you want to discuss about this uh, at all? Um, no, I think that covers all the main points, really. Brilliant. Well, thanks ever so much for your time. Uh, really fascinating work. And the, the paper will be made open access for a month after the podcast comes out. I will put a link to the paper in the show notes of the podcast. Thanks very much for joining us, Atoll. Thank you.